So we've got be unique and don't hang out with crabs. And, you know, I, I love both of those and, you know, I want to, I, I, I want to keep it going. What else, what else you got for us? Yeah. You know, it, we actually covered one that I wrote down is uh, media and uh, you are what you eat. The other, the other part of social media um, kind of comes uh, to the discussions and the, the some of the political discussions and debates people have found themselves in. I feel like the younger generations are doing a little bit less of that, just like with Snapchat and TikTok, it's not necessarily the same platform for debate. Like you can find yourself in and Facebook or something of that nature. But my biggest thing when it comes to commenting or engaging with other people, I kind of, I've learned it the hard way, unfortunately. Um, but there's a couple kind of checks that I do if I'm gonna engage in social media. Um, and the first one is, am I, am I building up the other person's perspective? So am I listening to the other person really well so that I can understand their idea to the best of my ability? And if I was to describe their idea to them, would they agree? Um, St. Thomas Aquinas, the way that he would write, he would actually write out the strongest arguments that opposed his view. And then he would address those arguments, but he would really do due diligence to make sure that he was writing their strongest argument, because if he wanted to have the best idea prevail, he wanted to make sure that he had their best idea in comparison to maybe some of the answers that he would submit. And I think that we've gotten away from that. And you see, I don't know if you've heard the term straw man argument, where you, that's essentially doing the exact opposite where you build, you make somebody's argument look weak and silly so that you can defeat it. But that's not really what people are, are going for. You know, I think a lot of people when they're passionate about I, an idea, they really do probably have, they really have good intent for what they're doing and what they're saying. And I think it's important for people to try and understand that before then sharing ideas. So that's number one is, listen enough to help build people's arguments before we just go in and uh, attack them, so to speak, or even just try to have a, disagree a disagreement. The other kind of check is, before I write something now, I try to ask the question, am I saying this out of love or from a different motivation? So, and the different motivation would probably be a little bit of pride um, and, and trying to make sure that, I don't know, trying to make sure that I prove my point and that I feel right and that I feel powerful in that situation. But if I'm going to be saying something critical, is it out of a place of love that I actually care about that other person that I'm trying to build them up and not just make sure that I win an argument. So when it comes to media, those would be my, my other two bullet points in addition to just kind of what we consume is like, how do you engage with other people and engage in a way that's really intellectual and then building other people up and then engage in a way that's loving. Yeah, you, you talked a lot about first taking in their viewpoint, really seeking to understand what they're saying, their, their viewpoint, what they're trying to get across. And um, I've, I, and I'm sure I could attribute this to somewhere else as well, but uh, there's really three levels of communication. You know, at, at your base of it, you have talking and listening. 
then you have communication, but then you have connecting and understanding. And I think uh, obviously there's different levels with all three of those. And um, I think a lot of times we get so caught up in talking and, you know, whether if it's a conversation person and I catch myself doing this all the time and it's something I have to continually be intentional with is, you know, um, whether it's a argument, a debate or just a formal conversation, I, I sit there and as the other person's responding, I'm thinking about how I'm going to address those points. I'm not necessarily listening to what they're saying or how they're saying it. I, I'm trying to come up with my response already because I want to do all the talking. And I think that's when you're really able to address it into communicating and connecting when you not only are being intentional with the listening and understanding of what they're saying, but are seeking to validate their point as well as engaging in a fruitful conversation with them in general. Yeah. Great, great, uh, great point and great summary. So, you know, we both, and we'll, we'll come back to some more bullet points because I'm not sure if you even have any more, but I, I love doing them. But um, we both, and you gifted this book to me as well as Coach Cam did. And I think I've let three other people borrow them already. And uh, we kind of have a similar love for the book Rhythm of Life by Matthew Kelly. Mm -hmm. And you, there's, it, it's a great book. It, it's, I think it's my favorite of all time that I've read so far. And uh, just a lot of wisdom and insight and just beautiful things that uh, Matthew Kelly addresses in it. And one thing you talked about earlier was success. And, you know, we all have our different definition of success. And a question he asks in that book is what, what moves a person from success to significance? And I wanted to get your your take on that yeah yeah you know i won't answer it exactly like uh, matthew kelly did in the book but um goes back to our earlier discussion on people being created for something unique and awesome and um god created us for a purpose and so i think what makes someone what moves someone from success to significance success is do in a lot of ways, I mean, this is the bare bones definition, right? Success is doing something, having the satisfaction of knowing that you did something to your best ability. And so we can have successes in different facets of our life. But I think in terms of Matthew's, Matthew Kelly's question, he's asking, you know, what gives our overall, what's the big picture, the meaning of our life, what gives our life significance? And that I think would be knowing that we did God's will and we helped understand God's purpose for our lives. And then we, we answered that call to the best of our ability. So it's the satisfaction of knowing that we did God's will for what he intended us to do to the, to our best ability. And then there's going to be fruits that come from that. Um, and lives are going to be transformed around us because we're living, um, that ultimate purpose, the thing that he had in store for us. Um, and that's significant. Yeah. And, uh, and coach Cam, he, he talks a lot about, and I'm a big believer in as well, everybody needs rhythm and balance in their life. So Matthew Kelly, if you're listening, I would love to get a book called the balance of life or wh whatever you would want to title it. But, um, and one thing I've really been toying with 
is the concept of kind of the journey versus the destination. I think a lot of people view success as, okay, once I acquire this much money or I've done this or I have this or at this point in time, when in reality, you know, the success comes with significance in the journey, not the destination. And I, you know, I've been toying with the concept of, you know, having, having these goals and these dreams, these set in stone versus there's a great book called burn your goals, which talks about the importance of the journey because you climb a mountain one step at a time. And it's the importance of each step, what you can take from each step. And I I'd love to hear kind of your take on that because I, you know, all these different authors, these people who have these podcasts, they have, they have their own insights and their perspectives on things. I'd love to get yours on, you know, the importance of the journey versus, you know, having these goals set in stone and having a firm definition of success. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big question. And it's a, it's an important one too. For our, for our um, Live Like Saints ministry, our logo that's branded it's actually it's the figure of a mountain and um inside of the mountain is a picture of a dove it kind of imprinted there as well and it just goes back to what you're saying is this is a journey and life is a journey and it's a step-by-step journey and when i say live like saints we have to recognize that they're saints are we're, we only know somebody's a saint really until it's not until after their death that we look back at their life and we review it. Um, and then we determine based on different criteria that someone had a saintly life, right? So saints were walking along life through life, not necessarily knowing um, that they were deemed holy and saintly. And so the whole point is there was no destination. There was no endpoint. There was no num- set number of prayers or, a set number of meals served to the poor or people healed or those different things where all of a sudden you can check a box and you can say, I did it. The whole idea is God had a will and a plan for them. And each day um, they would tune in to the relationship with Jesus through prayer and they would try and discern what that was. And then they would put their best effort forward um, to achieve what they felt like God's plan was for them. And that was the journey. And it obviously was faced with tons of adversity and tons of failings and different things along the way. But you can learn in that too, and then continue on in that process. So I don't know if that was a super articulate answer to that, but I I think you're absolutely right is um, knowing that there's not a a destination, there's a direction that we head in. And hopefully that direction is heading toward God and our relationship with him. Um, But I've heard the quote, um, kind of said is our diploma is our tombstone and there's a lot of truth to that yeah I, I really liked how you talked about uh, your your direction in life because I think we all are running towards something that that comes into our truth our why kind of our north star that we talked about earlier and and direction is so important and I was listening to a podcast I, I can't find it in my notes right here but Uh, I forget who says it, but they gave a definition of success that I I really loved and I really had to think really deeply about. And they said, success is when those who know and love, those who know you the most love and respect you the most. And I think, I think that that really places an emphasis on 
you know, success is not going to be in having success is in giving and doing for others, serving and just being who you are called to be in a sense. Yeah. That's an awesome definition. Yeah. So, and, you know, as, as we're still talking about the rhythm of life, I'd love to get, you know, kind of your, your takeaways, you know, he's got it in seven parts talking about uh, excellence and energy, discovering your rhythm of life, um, just all, all these different things, finding genius. And, you know, what are, what were some of your key takeaways and points of view as you read through the rhythm of life? I see, I see you got your copy there and, you know, yeah. obviously the people listening, but, uh, you know, what, what were some of your key takeaways and lessons and wisdoms you took from that book? Yeah. It's such a, it's such an awesome book. And what, what I think is important for people listening to, to really consider is actually grabbing it and reading it yourself because Matthew Kelly has a tremendous style of writing that causes you to reflect on a lot of really big questions in life. So I think just today, one of the, one of the things is we're so busy and we can be so distracted that a lot of times we don't think of the big questions and you know what are our dreams and where are we putting our energy and do we have balance and are our priorities are they straight you know all of these questions and so going through the book really allows you to take notes on those different areas of your life and then figure out are there are there opportunities to do things a little bit differently um, ultimately to gain that greater rhythm right so I know that that's a really broad answer, but I guess my biggest recommendation is to, is to encourage somebody to read it. Um, one of the things that I liked most is how he talks about um, people finding their genius and their passion. Um, and then where do those things overlap in your life and, and really putting energy into those things? Um, you know, we can be good at something, right? It's like I could be amazing at computers just naturally. But if I'm not passionate about it, it's going to be really difficult for me to go into computer sciences for my career for the next 40 years. So what am I passionate about and also talented with? Um, and then obviously, I like I always like to add the third element of what does God uh, plan for my life? Um, and, and that should be the direction that we strive for. Yeah, and I... I would love to get your take on reading in general, not, not necessarily the rhythm of life, but how important has reading been in your life, taking, taking experience and wisdom from others who have been there and done this and that? How, how has reading played a role in your life? Yeah, I, I think reading is probably the biggest superpower um, anybody really can hold. Um, like you had said earlier is we we live in a time today where um, we can connect with the brightest minds internationally all across the world and so there's no better place to find tremendous ideas than in people that have really spent the time to articulate uh, thoughts and ideas well and there's just so many so many great books that again I, I don't know if there's a better way to to put it than saying it's a superpower. Um, it can accelerate your learning so much. And, and a lot of times, you know, 
in video games, you're always looking for the cheat code, right? Um, for me, books are the cheat code to life. Um, if I would have read a handful of the books that I've read now, when I was 17, 18, I probably could have avoided a lot of the stumblings that I did go through um, just because there's awesome maxims and ideas and things to live by um, that are that have been brought out recently in the books that I've read. So um, if, if someone is listening and, and is not read, try and find something that um, kind of sparks that, that flame and that fire and go there, find the expert in that field and that topic and start there. Um, because I think once you, once you've read a few books and you understand how quickly you can learn and adapt just based on the ideas from one book, it's a little bit more enticing to continue to read. What are your thoughts on that? I, I think reading in and of itself is our window into a much more fulfilling and just living a life of excellence in a sense. I think there's so many great people we can read about. You know, I've read a book about Nelson Mandela and Mother Teresa and uh, Vince Lombardi, you know, all these iconic figures that have, you know, played instrumental roles in different parts of the world and different eras. And there's so much timeless wisdom and practical things that we see every day, but we don't know how to address. We don't know uh, how to go about it. But I, I think we can find a lot of answers in just reading books, whether it's, you know, psychological and understanding the mind, whether it's, you know, the life of the life of somebody else, whether it's a parable or a story about, you know, just a simple topic. I, I think that reading yeah, you, you could, I could talk about it forever, just, but I've recently just started in this past year and everything I've learned, you know, from whether, I think it was about 10 months ago to now, I think my family and my friends would be confident to say, like, I, the way I address things is completely different. The way I, the way I carry myself and handle different situations is just completely different. And I think I can, not, well, I know I can attribute a lot of that to mm -hmm. reading. And, and so I was reading and I don't know if I'll include this in the podcast or not. If I do, this will be in the audio and everything. But one question I've really been toying with uh, has really been just running through my mind is um, I've been thinking a lot about fluidity and immersion. And so the question I kind of formed out of those two words is how, and you may have an answer to this, you may not, in your life, uh, are you able to immerse yourself into a routine, a, a, you know, a structured life, whether it's wake up, you do this, 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 go to work, do this, this, this. How are you able to uh, immerse yourself into a routine while maintaining the fluidity, the free flow of life and the changes that it throws at you? Yeah. So I think, again, it comes down to balance. And I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah. You know, I've done a lot of uh, kind of structuring around the idea of immersion and so um, I realized probably after our second child that because you have to be fluid when you have children right because it's like no routine can be is the same two days in a row um, or at least not very often because you might have a kid that's sick you might have kids waking up in the middle of the night and all these different things but one of the things where I'm going with this is one of the things that I realized is 
I could have a good day and I could have bad days, so to speak. And I, I really started to do reflection and say, well, what's happening when, on my good days and what's happening on my quote unquote bad days? And on the good days, I realized there was a set of behaviors that I always had. So it was the days that I woke up and I prayed, that I exercised, that I ate well, that I drank enough water, that I didn't overdo the coffee at work, you know, that I spent time playing with my kids when I got home, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of that day, my head could hit the pillow and I would just be at peace and I'd say that was tremendous and we could go and do it again. And then, you know, conversely, there could be the quote unquote bad day. And then what, I, what would happen is I would take some of those elements out. I, I was in a hurry, so I skipped daily prayer, which is always a mistake for me. Or I haven't exercised in the last two days or I was not eating well. And each and every person might have something different that um, is important in the routine. But as far as immersion goes, I actually track my habits every day. I've got about seven to 10 different things that I know that I have to do to be the man, husband, father that I want to be. And I make sure that I track those literally with check boxes to make sure that those are done. And then I know everything that happens in between is going to be fluid. It's going to be okay. Um, and life is supposed to be fun and different and unique every day too. Um, so I think that plays into it, but at least I've got those essential behaviors that I've done that I know are the stepping stones to get me where I, I want to be a year from now, five years from now, et cetera. Yeah. I, and I really liked how you touched on, uh, you know, you have a routine, but it's in the form of a checklist. So you're not going to wake up at 6.05 and do this and be to the, you know, the weight room by 6.30 and you're not going to lift till, you know, 7.15 and then do this, you know, in these allotted time slots, but you have a checklist that you know is going to leave you fulfilled and at peace at the end of the day. And I, I really like that. That's something I'm definitely have to work to implement in my own life as, you know, I continue thinking about that and what works for me because it's different for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And daily prayer, um, you know, that's one of the, the bullet points that I had written as well. But, um, you know, I hate to admit it, but for a good portion of my my life, young adult, even into early adulthood, I did not pray every day. You know, I would go to church, I'd pray now and then, I'd pray when I needed something or wanted something, etc. But it wasn't necessarily every day. It wasn't a cornerstone of my routine. And now, to me, I think if if nothing else happens on a particular day, if I can start with prayer, um, that has been an absolute game changer. And so what I would encourage my kids as they grow up, if they heard this or anyone listening, if you took away honestly one thing that I think could be the most beneficial advice, it would be to pray every day. Um, you know, and I, I tried to give that analogy too of, you know, who is Jesus? And Jesus is truth himself in a lot of ways. Um, in the sense that, um, how would we know what truth is if we don't spend time learning the truth? And if Jesus is truth himself, then we need to spend time with Jesus so that we can understand the truths of life. Um, and, you know, furthermore, you know, Jesus wants a relationship with each and every awesome and unique person that we've been discussing kind of on this podcast. And so we need to have a conversation with him every day. So a prayer helps us get that relationship 
but B, we're talking with Jesus who's truth himself. So he's going to help us understand what truth is in our life objectively. And so that's why that above all else is probably the most important thing I can do in my routine. Uh, Yeah, I I love it. Um, So if you could go back and give yourself, you know, a piece of advice, a piece of wisdom to your 19 year old self, what are you going to tell yourself? Two things. Uh, First and foremost, I would say pray every day and study your faith. You know, that's probably around the time that I started to take my faith more seriously. Um, But in in a lot of ways, it felt like um, I wish I hadn't spent so much time um, kind of leaving faith on the sidelines, basically. So I would say study the faith, really pour into what um, Christianity is all about and what the Catholic Church is about and then um, pray every day and then the other piece too and I know this theme has come up in some of your podcast episodes that I've listened to but it, it is absolutely true is suffering and failing is really an opportunity for growth and it's not necessarily something to be discouraged by or to shy away from um, you know, as I've read a lot of books recently and podcasts and these different things, it's like, if you look at Jocko Willink and Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Steve Jobs, and Mother Teresa, and you name all these people that have maybe had some, some great accomplishments. um, The one thing that you'll hear in all of their stories and biographies is they had significant trials and they had significant times of suffering and doubt and different things, but they used those things to they actually harnessed it uh, to be a learning opportunity to, and really sometimes to be fuel and motivation for what they were trying to do. Um, and so when you look at the greats and you ask, what do the greats do? That is probably one of the most robust and common threads is they look at suffering different than most people. You know, I think a lot of us really strive to be, and myself too, the natural inclination is to strive to be comfortable um, and to avoid adversity. And we're really good at, really good at doing that in today's society, but the greats kind of lean into their suffering and they lean into the trial. And so really embrace that, embrace all the little things. And even as a parent, right. It's like, I could have a perfect day in mind and that's just me trying to be comfortable as a father. But the fact is parenting can be messy. The kids can knock over their plate of food and spill their milk and forget their homework and do a million other things that are just interesting and messy. That doesn't have to be a bad thing. That's actually, it can be really fun and leaning into that understanding that there's a lesson there either for me or for my children and I can be kind and compassionate and loving about it. Um, That's a big revelation is um, not trying to be comfortable at the expense of missing life lessons. Yeah. I, 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 I love that you touched on that just because uh, it's really a key theme throughout everybody's life, no matter your background, no matter where you're from. But, uh, and Tony Bennett had a quote. I know I, you know, gave the same quote my last episode, but he says, if you use adversity correctly, it can take you to a place you never thought possible. And I, I forget what language it is. It's either Hebrew or Greek, but their word for crisis is the same as opportunity. Oh, really? And you, yeah, you, you can view it as, okay, 
you know, I have this obstacle, I have this crisis in my way, but it's an opportunity for growth, you know, um, um, and I'm sure you've heard and those who are listening have heard, you know, grapes are pressed for wine, coal is crushed to make diamonds and sand is refined by fire for glass and, you know, all these things, all these beautiful things. And we talked about it earlier with social media, you know, it, it success isn't overnight, you know, you're not going to be where you want to be overnight. It, it's a trial by error process. You're going to fail. And Seth Godin has a really great podcast on the knowledge podcast uh, called failing on the way to mastery. And it talks about those who have seen the most success in life. Those who have played instrumental roles in these movements and all these things have failed the most. They've faced the most adversity, but they used it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard the term fail fast, you know, fail fast and then persevere. Um, and that's that same idea is just, if I can fail fast, it means I'm learning fast. Um, and we're all going to end up, um, no, no matter what career or state in life you're in, you're going to have to learn. And so why not do it quickly and embrace it and have fun while you're doing it? Yeah. And, uh, I also heard something interesting and I might botch this, but uh, who in the podcast, I believe it was Tim Ferriss, somebody he was interviewing. He talked about how when he sets out on a goal um, or trying to think of the other word here, I'm sure it'll come to me. When he sets out on something, you know, he, he wants to keep it a 50-50% chance for, you know, success or failure. And because, you know, the failure is what refines you. That's, that's where you grow. That's where you can take a step back and view it as an opportunity. Okay, what could I have done better? But if you're constantly, and don't get me wrong, you should try to set, set yourself up for success. But if you're going to take the easiest route possible, you know, it, it's not going to matter because somebody who's at the same place you are has the experience and has faced the adversity and know, knows what to do when it hits. Uh, and if you take that easy path the entire time, you're not going to know how to handle it because it will hit. Yeah. 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 And I think sports, you know, um, that's been, I think, a really, it's been a blessing to have sports in my life because it's been a natural teaching that suffering um, can actually build you up. You know, you go, you hit the weight room and you break down your muscles for the end result to be as you, you build your muscles back stronger. Um, and so that the idea because of sports has come a little bit more in, intuitive to me um, and it's helped me carry it over to then to the classroom. It's like the same idea. I'm going to, just like I want to spend time in the weight room, I'm going to have to spend time studying if I want to have the end result of a certain grade on a test. Um, but um, anyway, I understand that not, not all people have, um, have that experience where they've been able to get through a certain suffering and then use that as their, as their growth. And so that's why it's like, anyway, if you have an opportunity to play a team sport, um, I'd always take it, even if it's not necessarily a long-term goal or, or something that you want to do at the next level, you can just learn so much about yourself and as a character builder, as something using suffering um, and challenge to, to get through adversity and then come out on the other side. I don't think there are many uh, better platforms in sports to learn those things. Yeah. I, yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head. Um, so I did want to come back 
Uh, I, I'm not sure if you have any more or how many more you have uh, in regards to bullet points of advice that you want to leave and you know teach to your kids as they grow up. But I, I've loved what you've given so far, and I wanted to come back to those just to continue hammering those points home. Yeah, the last, the last one that we hadn't covered, and you know, I want to be respectful of time too, is um, just to be active. So, like I had said, I've spent the last decade working in hospital systems and within rehabilitation. So I've worked with people after having a stroke or a brain injury, spinal cord injury, um, amputation, you name it, really. I've seen people in some really difficult situations and then working um, with them to kind of restore um, restore their function or what the new normal is to the best of their ability. And I've one of the things that has really come um, become apparent is the importance of being active. Um, so that would be my advice is make sure that you in some way, shape or form are active and moving your body and doing something that you enjoy, but you're getting exercise doing. Um, that's really generic advice, but the thing that's compelling to me is, you know, in the course of a day, I could see, let's say 10 different patients and these patients would, you know, rooms are obviously right next to each other. And it was always staggering for me to like walk into one room and, you know, you look at the medical chart and you see all the difficulties that someone is having. And I would look at their age, right? And I'd look at their background and I could go into one room and I could see a 65 year old individual who, you know, honestly, you know, I'm not trying to be disparaging to that individual, but it's like you, you could almost look like you're 85 you're having difficulty doing basic things. You can tell that you're really deconditioned um, and you're in a position where a, a lot of people have to be around you to take care of basic needs. And then I could go to the very next room and I could see an 85 year old who was moving around like they were 65. And the common thread that I always found is those people always had hobbies and they always found ways to be active, you know, and it, there's so many creative things. I mean, it's not just sports. It could be um, gardening and walking their dog and a million different things. But the whole idea is there were, uh, there's a sedentary lifestyle and then there's an active lifestyle. And I would encourage people to really consider, do you have an active lifestyle? And if not, it's, there's no better time than now to, to make some adjustments because you're investing in your future health and you want to have a, a life I think of not just longevity but you want to be able to be energetic and enjoy each day that you're living you know with the best version of your body that you can have yeah yeah that was I, I love that and um, as, as we kind of begin to close here uh, one of, one of my questions that I love to ask is if you owned a billboard, what is one piece of advice or wisdom or quote that you would put on it for, you know, billions of people? To... Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, not to be too cliche here, because it's the name of our ministry that we've talked about, but I, I would say I'd want a billboard to, to say, live like a saint. You know, I wrote, I wrote down in my journal, actually, several years ago. Now, it was something to the effect of, if everybody if everybody tried um, to live by the world standards, 
and we achieve the world's definition of success, we would still have a bunch of people that are unhappy. But if all of those same people even tried and failed to live like a saint, we would end up being actually more happy and joyful. Um, and so it's, it goes back to the idea of we're called to be, we're called to be great and God has a purpose for us. Um, and we're going to stumble and fail along the way, but that journey, um, that journey is much more meaningful and much more satisfying. And we're going to help more people around us if we've got our relationship with God and then we're aiming, um, for something greater, which is beyond this life. Um, and it's just being that idea of being, or having that idea of being a saint. Yeah, that, that was really good. My last question here, we talked about it earlier, you know, there's no five step or seven step thing, seven step plan or seven things you can do uh, to experience joy. But I believe there are some stepping stones, things that can contribute and play a role in that. And we talked about being active. We talked about praying and we talked about reading, but are there any more stepping stones, uh, that, if you will, uh, that you would recommend to those listening to really work to implement in their lives? Yeah, you know, I, again, I, I kind of tied into the spiritual uh, realm of things, right? Um, you know, there's, have you ever heard of the Ignatian way of praying? So kind of the Ignatian method. So one of the things that we've not discussed and, and a big element to that method is being grateful. Um, you know, and there's a lot of books and, and podcasts and things talking about gratitude journals, but I'm, I'm talking about being grateful to, to, the, to God. And obviously we believe that God provided, or I believe that God provided um, all of the gifts and the graces that we have. So that's where I'd like to turn my gratitude toward. So I think that's important, you know, and then on the, on the kind of the other side of the spectrum that we've not discussed at all is the idea of um, reflecting. Um, so in, in closing, you know, we, we mentioned your podcast and your website, Live Like Saints. Where can people go to check that out more to see what you guys are doing and your plans for the future with both your podcast and website. Yeah. Yeah. So our website is live like saints.com. Um, we've got some uh, videos posted now on the homepage that kind of walk through what, what our ministry is about. Um, we do schedule retreats um, primarily aimed at youth and young adult right now. Um, kind of going back to that mission of, We'd love to see that number of so many young adults leaving the church. We'd love to see um, that number minimized for sure. Um, and then what we're, we'll be doing too is having a podcast available on the website and then where most podcasts are available, you know, our feed will be pushing it out to those different uh, platforms as well. Um, but that's going to be a growing effort. You're definitely catching us at a time where this is in its infant, infancy stage, I guess you could say. Um, so I'm excited to see where it goes, but, you know, again, the whole idea is how can we support one another? How can we look at the lives of saints to inspire us? And I can't wait to also have conversations with people throughout our communities that I think are, um, living, uh, lives of kind of like heroic virtue, you know, um, 
I think of so many, you know, a lot of times people don't think that they've got the ability to be a saint. And I think that there's actually a lot of people living very saintly all around us. Um, we're just, um, we just need to kind of open our eyes to it. There was a story of, a, of like a bus driver, right? Um, and he knew all of his kids on, on the bus by name. And he knew um, his kids well enough to understand like some kids maybe needed backpacks or school supplies or different things. So all throughout the year, he got really close to these kids, but then also would provide some of those basic needs just to like allow um, some of those students to do their best and succeed. Um, another example is like a cook, right? Who it's like, a, I heard of this gourmet chef who has a five-star restaurant and for every plate that he sells in his restaurant, it essentially supplies a, a plate of food at a food shelter, right? So it's like, there's a lot of things that we do that we think are normal, but we can transform with God's help. We can transform normal things into extraordinary things and um, live the lives that we're called to live. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a great place to call it. Um, Coach Matt, it's been, it's been a pleasure. I've, I've really loved this conversation and diving into a variety of topics with you. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where the, the website goes, the podcast goes, and yeah, it's just been great talking with you today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's been awesome talking with you, and I'm just, uh, I'd like to flip it back and say I'm excited to see where your podcast goes, um, and uh, just your future is, is uh, really bright, so I'm excited to, to stay connected along the way. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.